best when I hear something amazing. Oh, and feel free to tell your friends too. So Kohl's, they're having a huge sale on summer stuff. And if you live for sunny days like I do, you need to check it out. I got 40% off a new patio set, Food Network grilling essentials for 20% off, and 50% off those yard games my kids won't stop talking about. Best part? I got an extra $10 off and some Kohl's cash. It almost makes being cooped up all winter worth it. Almost. Select styles. 10 off 25 offer valid May 27th through 31st. Some exclusions apply. See store or calls.com for details. What's up, Suns fans? Welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast. As always, I'm your host, Shane. Joining me is Tom, and we're here to talk all things Gold Coast Suns. Welcome to the show, Tom. G'day, Shane. How are you going? Yeah, good. It's been a, a good weekend, despite the fact all three Gold Coast Suns sides lost. Uh, there was yes. a lot of positivity coming from those performances and the club. So it's a, sort of a weird weekend. We're not really on the, the low from a loss. We're on a bit of a high, aren't we? Well, the, the, the three, well, there's actually four Suns teams that lost, which I think is a bit of a, a, a five, sorry, five that lost. Uh, we, because we, of course, had the, um, we had the Allies. And they were Suns teams, but the Allies had two practice matches and they lost both of them. So, uh, yeah, but we had the uh, AFLW team, uh, which has really only been put together very recently and they had a decent go and the the NEFL team is uh struggling for consistency because they get different different players every week and of course everyone knows about the AFL result but I've got to tell you we did have one win and that is that last night I was you know didn't know what to do with myself there's no Game of Thrones but we have the uh, mid-season draft so that'll do me and I am really hyped I'm psyched about this play He's, He's rolled up. Yes. Well, we'll get into our new recruit later on in the show. Let's get through some of the admin stuff first. Tom, where can our listeners find us? Oh, Shane, if you're on the internet, you can find the GC Suns cast. Of course, Google is your best friend. But um, as we know, uh, we have a marvellous Facebook page and we always put our details there. If you're not listening live... Uh, of course, you can tell your friends how to find us. Easiest way, just go straight to the, the, the Facebook page and we, we'll leave all the instructions and the link there. But, of course, we are um, available in half a dozen other places. Why don't you rattle it off uh, exactly where we can go, um, including Spreaker? Yeah, I'd love to. Spreaker's just the uh, format that we use to get the show out there. Uh, so that's the website our viewers will be going to if they want to listen to the show live, which of course happens every Tuesday night at 7pm. There they can interact with us and ask questions while we're recording the show on the air. And it's a good way for the community to get involved with the show and sort of direct the show the way they want it to, to go. But if you're not listening live, you can catch us back on YouTube Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. I'm running out of air. This, <laughs> we're pretty much everywhere. Uh, the easiest way to find us is just jump onto Facebook and you'll find the links to the show. Or if you, you prefer to use your podcast services, jump on that and search GC Sunscast. Uh, 
We're also on Twitter. Tom's usually keeping up with that as well. Um, we also have a Patreon account. So if you like the show, head on over, donate to the show and help us keep the show going. We're looking at eventually getting on to maybe a second show. Um, and we've, we're in the middle of planning something special for our 50th episode, which is only about 12 weeks away. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I probably ha- need to talk to Tom about that before I go dropping it live. Um, uh, our Patreon donors, uh, Old Soul, Jack Stad, Paul Vosti, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, and James Wood. So these blokes are the pioneers, and you can thank them for basically helping us keep this show going. All right, well, we've got a bit of news to chat. It's been a really busy week for the Gold Coast Suns. Um, well, the first bit of news is we've got some new players re-signed. Interesting sound clip there. We've got some new players <laughs> re-signed. Uh, Jack Bowes has signed a four-year extension to stay at the club for another five years. Ben Ainsworth hasn't officially signed yet, but we believe he is ready to pen a two- or a three-year deal. And the same goes for Peter Wright. So these are the those last two were rumours we've been hearing. Uh, but the Jack Bowes one, you can lock that in. The other re- signing is in the AFLW. The Gold Coast Suns used their first priority selection to sign local Gold Coast talent Maddie Roberts. She's a 26-year-old crafty small forward playing for Cool and Gather. Fantastic. So, Maddie Roberts was on display on Saturday afternoon or night for the AFLW team. Uh, Gold Coast Suns AFLW side played the Brisbane Lions side and unfortunately were defeated. Uh, four goals, six thirty-one to two goals, three fifteen. Now, the only two goals the Gold Coast Suns scored was courtesy of Taylor Smith. So... Uh, Mm. Nice key forward there with a a nice sh- uh, accuracy. And yeah, well, the, the, this this um, this Suns team, of course, their first proper hit out, and they're only going to get better from here. But the Lions are going to get sick of it because uh, half our players are from them. Although they got a lot of their players from our academy, so um, they're going to have a really good idea of one another's uh, strengths come the, the season. But it, it's a, it's a very long way between here and and the real thing. So the winter series is a really great chance to, you know, put put a few of the younger players out there and uh, and test them against what is a really great club in the AFLW in the in the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, it is. As you mentioned, it was really the, a lot of the girls' first hit out uh, against opposition together. A uh, couple of honourable mentions from that game was Lauren Bella, our ruckman, was really dominant in the middle, and Ellie Ruck, Hampson, ruckwoman, ruckwoman, sorry, and Ellie Hampson, a was a dominant performance in the midfield. So, a lot, a lot of the synergy between the women will improve and get together as uh, they play more games. I think they've still got two more games left in this series, don't they, Tom? Mm. It's a ga- do, series uh, of three games. Yeah, yeah. And Lauren Lauren Bella, uh, of course, played for the Lions in this recent season. Um, she's still very young, so developing and uh, there's a lot to like about her. Her uncle, Marty Bella, 
played. Uh, it was a rugby league legend player, so she's she's got the genes in the family. Um, and I'm reliably informed her younger brother is one of the superstars in the in the uh, under 16s academy. So a lot to look forward to there from from that particular family. I'm looking forward to the day, Shane, where a brother and sister play an AFL AFLW level. It might not be the same day because the season's done line, but um, it'll be it'll certainly be a big milestone for the club. And I think there might be a few. Um, a few possibilities in in the next sort of uh, twelve to twenty four months uh, with with players coming through, uh, brother and sister. Uh, we've had brothers, haven't had too many, but we've had brothers, um, and we're looking forward to maybe a few more of those. But we'll get into that a little bit further. Yep. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into a game that actually happened prior to the AFLW game. It was Gold Coast Suns Neefel side versus the Sydney Swans Neefel side. And unfortunately, this game wasn't much better. Tom, do you want to lead us through it? Yeah, oh, look, the first quarter, things were really looking exciting. Uh, the, the teams were really well matched. And uh, in fact, the Suns had maybe a couple more AFL-listed players. Having said that, the Sydney Swans... Academy and the Sydney Swans, uh, you know, the bottom of their list, their NEFL, is super competitive. Like, they they delisted players last year, the Swans, who were, you know, had played in grand finals in the NEFL and had played AFL, had AFL clubs that are um, the very best NEFL team. There's just no doubting it. And only half their team was, was AFL listed. The other half was Academy. And we, as we know, the, the best Academy players... From 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 each team are, are, are playing in the in the uh, national championships practice matches, but the Sydney's eleven or twelve top up players from the academy are all super duper players. Like they're just they, they were never going to let them down. Our top up players are okay. Like they, they, I don't want to take anything away from them, but most of them will never play AFL, and that's the difference. Um, Look, the second quarter, the Swans got on a run, and this is what they did the previous game against us. They, they're very good at getting out of the middle. Um, their ruckmen, um, ruckmen, probably outshaded our ruckmen. Um, look, t- uh, Tommy Nichols had a decent game, but he, he was going against some really, really high-quality ruckmen from Sydney. So he got double-teamed, and, and it sort of showed the longer the game went, Sydney were just kicking a two or three goals in a row and just keeping keeping on increasing their margin. Um, Shane, I've, I've, uh, I've, 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 I've called this from a long way out. Uh, uh, the other Connor, um, Connor Nutting, who's been on our list for, for a year and a half now, he is stepping right up. He, he had three goals and could have kicked six um, and really classy goals too. Uh, and he went out and got the ball 20 times. So um, he's he's knocking on the door of an AFL game. He still has some some rusty edges that he needs to sort of tidy up his game a bit. And, of course, we do have a lot of forwards who, who sort of fit his... And he's, he's, he's not actually a forward. He's gone forward and done a really good job. So he'll, he'll play AFL this year. There aren't really any other players in this game who were bashing the door down. Unfortunately for Sammy Day... Uh, you know, he, he played really well. He just couldn't get a goal. He was, he was marking the ball sort of 60, 70 metres out. And, and, and he put, would have had a few goal assists if, if his uh, targets had a kick straight. But 
yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah, Brody is, is a possible for this week. Uh, George Holland Smith, yeah, he, he, he's a he, he's a decent player. I just don't know that he, you know, he, he we would have probably liked for him to go out and really dominate a game and maybe help us win. So yeah, but the, the, they'll probably be in the mix um, if Took doesn't get up. But we can talk a bit more about that afterwards. Bottom line is Sydney outclassed us. We are playing against the Giants this week, and they aren't a whole lot higher than us on the ladder. And it's probably more of a game that'll that'll be a, a real winnable one at the moment. Unfortunately, Sydney and Brisbane outclass us and we have to play each of those we have to play brisbane three more times and sydney two more times so we'll see okay so the final score from that was sydney 17 goals 14 116 defeated gold coast suns eight goals 10 58 so it was a bit of a margin there uh tell me tom what do you think of uh schoenfeld i mean he's been getting good disposal numbers high 20s low 30s pretty much every week uh, but he never seems to be talked about when it comes to getting a game in the big time. Yeah, because he's still a developing player. Um, we know that he can run all day, and the reason he gets high stats is because he can get to the ball. And so he's either op- open in space and someone can pass it to him, or he's going in and getting it. And, and that angle of his game is, is getting better. But he's not really putting players into space. His disposal isn't terrible, it's just for someone who's getting the ball so much, and in, in, in a lot of games you'll find he'll get really high disposals, and the team will get flogged. And you're like, well, what is it about him being such a high accumulator? And that because because you look at the raw stats, and and the and the, the Suns and Eiffel team is is as good as the opponent in raw stats, and yet the opponent managed to kick a whole lot more goals. So it's not all on Schoenfeld. He's doing a great job, and I really encourage him because you know he's he's playing for an AFL career, and he's not playing badly. It's just he's not playing at an AFL level. Um, the same could be said of Jacob Dawson getting some stats. We had a few players come back, like Sam Fletcher, Kalamachi. It was great to see him back out there. He he didn't accumulate so much, but he's playing on a on a halfback flank. Jess McLennan was 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 really good, and uh, the other guy Gooba. Goober's come back unrecognisable with a shaved head and, and, and what's underneath that the stubble is blonde. <laughs> I, I didn't know who it was for, for, for a quarter and a half. Uh, put the put the word out there on our on our Facebook page and, and Robbo I'd figured it out by then, Robbo, but anyway, Robbo Robbo got the got the answer right, so he deserves a shout out. Yep, Goober with a yet another look. Uh, it looks like a fifty year old man. <laughs> Well, yeah, Goober still contributed, though, with two goals on the scoreboard, so that was good to see in his return game. Uh, the only yeah. other player, you mentioned Brody before pushing for selection. He had 27 disposals, eight tackles, and five clearances. Now, normally, yeah, Brody rakes the ball up, so 27 disposals sounds about right. But the eight tackles is uh, not something we often see from Brody. It's usually half of that around the, the four or five mark. So do you think he's stepping up his defensive pressure? Would that be enough to get him a game? Yeah, look, he played really well. And um, he was obviously targeted by the opposition as the guy to stifle. So there were times where he was looking pretty frustrated. Um, he played 
he played that kind of game where you kind of felt like if there was another midfielder going with him who had similar sort of strengths, the two of them might be able to really bust it apart. But at the end of the day, and it wasn't this wasn't on Brody at all. At the end of the day, the, the Swans just had a couple of midfielders who just smashed the middle open, and and there, there was just not enough defensive pressure there or enough pace. I don't think Brody lacks pace, but he's certainly not a pacey guy. So people can get away from him. Uh, the ball can get away from him and the play can get away from him. And that, again, it's not. this is not on, on him. It's just that we don't have a, a particularly strong midfield in the Neeful team. So he doesn't have Took and, 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 and Ainsworth and Bowes and Swallow and Martin around him to help him be better. So he, he will be able to step up if he's selected, but it's, it's a work in progress. Yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully touch on Brody later in the episode. I do want to come back to that point, but it's starting to sound like he's playing for his career at the Suns, and there's certainly no guarantee he's going to be at the club next year. Um, let's jump into the AFL game. So, the Gold Coast Suns were competitive against Geelong for three quarters, and eventually Geelong kicked away in that last quarter. 13 goals, 13-91. Defeated the Suns, 9 goals, 10-64. Sexton with three goals. Um, besides that, not much else going on. Um, let's go through some of the better players that we liked on the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta, can't go past our captain, Swallow, with 29 disposals. Uh, 12 clearances and a goal. So and a, and, and a timely goal. Yeah, it was. He really, uh, what's the word? He really applied himself throughout that game and made his presence felt. It was oh, yeah. absolutely a captain's performance. The other especially captain, the stoppages. Yes, he's, definitely. He continues to to, and that's where we needed to improve and. He's almost carrying that on his own back. Yeah, and the other captain, Jared Witts, 51 hitouts, 15 disposals, and a goal as well. And what a goal. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but the other impressive thing is his hitouts to advantage is was at a, a season high for him in that game. He had 14 hitouts to advantage, um, and that's up from his season average this year of 11 hitouts to advantage. So really good performances by by Wits and Swallow as our captains. Yeah, it's elite, is what it is. Fourteen. He's, he's very good at eleven. Elite fourteen is elite, and he is getting better all the time. It's just great. So the other couple of players. I mean, this is probably a good chance for us to go over our three, two, one. So let's actually do that. Yeah. Uh, right. Mine is three votes for Wits. You know, as we've just said, he was. Uh, a big body in the midfield and just forced his presence around the ground. Uh, two votes for David Swallow, same as Wits. And then one vote I want to give to Anthony Miles. He took a, a cheeky jab from Ablett in the third <laughs> quarter and still lived to tell the tale. He had 23 disposals, and probably the most notable thing about those disposals was he was going at 87% disposal efficiency, which was the highest of any sun for the night. So 23 disposals, a majority of them hit their targets. 
So it's a great effort from Anthony Miles, and it's why and we that, brought him into the side. And that's after getting getting more than half of his possessions in contested situations. You could you could excuse someone like you know Swallow got nineteen contested possessions and uh, and and fifty eight point six disposal efficiency because when you got someone dragging off the back of you and you're trying to handball it or kick it, you you're not always going to find your target. But but uh, Miles just gets in and, and he gets. Gets absolutely hammered. Uh, oh, so much to admire about him. He's a great acquisition, and and uh, you know if he's in our team for the next few years, you know we you know we're going to get better because he leads by example. He he's a leader who isn't necessarily yapping away or whatever. He's just he's just showing everyone else how to do it. Love yeah. him. He's a hard tough nut player, and the Gold Coast Suns now are starting to look like a side full of hard tough nut players. And that's fantastic. It's it's a, a bit of a backbone that Suns fans have been wanting their club to show for for several years now. On the opposite end of that scale with disposal efficiency is Jack Martin. He had thirty percent disposal efficiency from his twenty disposals. Now it, it's tough with Jack. He shows glimpses of you know extreme ability. But he can never continue it. Uh, it seemed, watching the game on Saturday night, I made the note that it seemed whenever he was close to goals, he seemed to have that extra spring in his step, that extra bit of speed. But uh, later on in the game, when the ball was in on the wing or on the half-back line, he just sort of lost that speed. So he's either tired or he just, he, he just doesn't have that urgency about him unless he's in front of goal. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Jack is that he's the most talented person on the field. And so when you see him having five clangers and kicking the ball straight to the opposition or whatever, you just it's just really disheartening. But um, am I, I'm going to say some things that might surprise you. He had 12 contested possessions, which is fantastic. He had... Eight clearances, including two in the middle, which is you know the equal best because we we rotate. This year we're rotating our players through the middle. Um, our centre clearances, we 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 just edged them in centre clearances. So thanks to Jack for his contribution there. And he had six stoppage clearances, which after Swallow was the best on the field. He had eight tackles, which after Nick Holman was the best on the field. So. He was trying, but there's just something off with Jack. He's he's fumbling. I mean, I know that there's been a couple of wet weather games in a row, but he's not as clear. There's just something about getting away to the Smoky Mountains. Step out on a hiking trail, zoom across a zip line, splash at water parks, shop till you drop and say hello to the statue of our hometown hero, Dolly Parton. Discover the thrill of visiting the Smoky Mountains and reconnect with those you love the most in Sevierville, Tennessee. Learn more at visitsevierville.com. That's visit, S-E-V-I-E-R-V-I-L-L-E.com. The opposition seem to be targeting him. There seems to be somebody... He's not really getting tagged, but the opposition know to get on him. I think he'd be disappointed in his own game. I think he would have wanted to have, have had a better game. But having said that, um, he was probably one of the best players on the field. So it's hard. It's hard because he seems like he's not achieving, but he's got such a high ceiling and he wasn't close to the ceiling. So, you know, 
if he's going to be a match winner, we, we need to see something change. I don't know if we're playing him anywhere near where we need to be playing him. He starts as a forward. He's not marking. He's not getting targeted in the forward line. He's well, not getting the goals. Just, just he got a goal, that, but you know. Just on that, our chat is very active tonight, which is fantastic oh, to see. And Jerry Stiller says Martin had eight clearances and eight tackles. His tank is probably not the best for midfielder. Do you think that's right? Do you think we shouldn't be playing him in the midfield and he should be more of that half forward flank sort of player? Yeah, yeah. Uh, high, it's called it in in AFL coaches speak. It's actually called the Jack position. Um, Jack Bowes is really good at it. It's it's that guy who gets forward and he gets into the goal square. Which Jack 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 Bowes? What? How about his goal where he had an air swing and then he and then he then he shanked it and then he kicked it in with his back heel and still got the goal. Uh, anyway, so that um, that position is perfect for Jack Martin. It's outside mid, not inside. It, it, we've got inside. We we actually we actually have had a, a lot of trouble with inside mid positions. We're playing. Guys like Darcy McPherson through there, and it's successful. But I don't know that Jack Martin is suited to that. But but you know we're we're getting there. We're figuring it out. I'd just love to see Will Powell go down one wing, Jack Martin go down the other wing. If Jack Martin goes a bit forward and say Lukash just comes up on the wing behind him, beautiful, beautiful. You know people who are targeting Jack Martin in the forward fifty because he can kick it from anywhere within about forty five meters. So yeah, let's 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 see more goals out of Jack, and less sort of playing him in play in, in sort of mismatch positions. Yeah, well, I agree with you, and so does Robbo on the chat. He says he doesn't look happy as a midfielder. But to counter that, Ajiri's come back with another good point. Martin's never played in the midfield full time. He's still learning there. This is his first mm. year playing as a full time midfielder. Uh, mm. So yeah, maybe, maybe we are being a bit too harsh on him, and uh, he probably needs a. Well, we'll wait and judge him by the end of this year, I guess. Uh, but I guess it's just tough because he's, he's got that contract hanging over his head and there's a lot of doubt whether he stays with the Suns at the end of this year or really hope, whether he moves really, on. really, really hope he does. I, I love him. He's my favourite player. Um, oh, what to say? The, 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 the skills that he has and then the game plan that he's being sort of wedged into, because I don't know who might have been, you know, otherwise might have been plugged in there. But, yeah, just it just doesn't it just doesn't seem to be working out. He, I mean, he is good at, at, at stoppages. Maybe I'd like to see someone like Lockie Weller go in, in to do the, the position that Jack Martin's doing, but we don't have enough halfbacks. Maybe Jack goes back. He, did, he, is, he is actually very good as a seventh defender, um, but, you know, usually when we're deploying the seventh defender, we've given up the game. So I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. It must be really frustrating for the coaches knowing you've got such a brilliant player who just, you know, can't can't bust games open like he, he has in the past. Normally his, his, his delivery by foot is really good. Maybe it's because we've got such a new forward line. They don't really know how to where to lead or he just doesn't have the – the combinations with them? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't have any answers. Well, does Lockie Weller make your top three votes? Because he was one of our best as well with 27 disposals, nine rebound 50s, and he was operating at 77% disposal efficiency. So another good game by Lockie Weller and very accurate with his uh, his disposal. 
Yeah, just just out of the three for me. I'll very quickly go through the three. They are different to yours and for different reasons. Um, David Swallow, captain's game, just fantastic for all the reasons mentioned. Nick Holman didn't get so many touches, but he just he influenced the game. I think he had 30 pressure acts and 14 tackles. I mean, it's just phenomenal what he what he was capable of doing. And considering that the guy hasn't had the greatest career to before the Suns and he's come in, he's played almost every game that he's that he's been at the club. And, you know, like you look at the list and you think, who's my best 22? And he doesn't always make it, but he's just making such a case for himself. I'm, I'm really, really stoked. And I think he's a really popular player in the group. And that's what builds culture in a, in a team. It's not the, the, the number one, two, three draft picks. It's the guys who come from nowhere and really, really sort of make a case to say, look, you know, I can, I can play a role and I'll, I'll help us win games. And for, for my third pick, um, it could have been any one of the half a dozen players, but I've decided to give it to no Jesse, no Joy. Uh, Jesse Joyce, the, it said earlier in the year he missed selection in round one. He's been out of the team. And he was told, go get the footy. You're good at defending. You can lock down your player. Goals are going to get scored against you. It's, it's not going to be pretty. But you go in there and get the ball where it needs to be one for us in 50-50 situations. You know, he's had four one percenters, and he's not a, not the biggest player. Normally, it's the big guys who get that. Um, I really loved it when he'd just run out and get the ball, and then his change of direction, and he next thing you know, he'd be through that line of defence, and, and he's a beautiful kick on his left or his right. If he just gets a little bit of a, a run on, he can go for a bounce, uh, and he bounced. He only had the one bounce. That's a little surprising, actually, because he did get out in the open. I was actually cheering for him to go for a second and third bounce uh, and, and, and keep running a couple of times. Um, so, yeah, I've given him the one vote. Um, good on you, Jesse. Um, it's it's not easy to be a, a back pocket. I know from experience, not too much experience. I spend more time on the bench as a player. Um, but when you get out there, you've got to take your opportunities, and he's, he's taken them with both hands. Well, that's a great performance uh, by a lot of our Suns players. It was really hard to just pick three. Uh, we also have the water performance moment. And this week, we're going to give it to Ben Ainsworth for that uh, bursting out of passage um, in the first quarter out of the midfield and kicking our first goal. Lockie Weller, what a performance. And speaking of Ben Ainsworth, he's injured. He's out for six weeks. So, not good news. He's got a broken foot. A player fell across his foot during that game. And he's going to be sorely missed at the club. The yeah. The rest of the injury list, Hanley's still a TBC. Took Miller's a test. Rankin is only two to three weeks away. Young is three weeks away. Shear is two to four weeks away. Collins, five. Now, since our last episode came out that Collins had injured his hip... I can't remember exactly what it was, but it wasn't good. So he's going to be out for five more weeks from now. And Lemons is out for six. Yeah, well, uh, Isaac Rankin was two to four. Now he's two to three. So I think we could probably lean more towards the three. Um, Them managing him to come back. But look, Tuke and Hanley, that's two big ins if they do come in. 
Um, I don't know that there's going to be that many players go out, though. So, obviously, the force change with Ainsworth. So, they might just bring Hanley back in if he's ready, uh, or, or Took if he's ready. Other than that, yeah, hard, hard to say. Yeah, it is. Jerry's asking us on the chat, who do we think will replace Ainsworth? As you've said, it could be Hanley or Took if they're available. Uh, mm. And that would just be a reshuffling of players. Um, interesting article on afl.com.au talking about who can come up. And they're talking about George Hall and Smith replacing Ainsworth as being a like-for-like. That surprises me. Um, yeah. yeah. I thought George Hall and Smith was more of a, a slower wingman, r- can run all day sort of thing, whereas Ainsworth is more of a burst-type player with score impact. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who comes in if Took and Hanley are unavailable. Maybe yeah. Day gets a chance. Maybe they just throw Kalachi back into the squad despite not having a, a standout performance in the NEFL. They've often done that in the past. Uh, Cal rarely stays in the for very long after injury. Uh, the real dark horse would be uh, to blood Connor Nutting because he has been the, the, the big improver. Uh, can't say that enough and he would be like for like with Ainsworth but something tells me that they're going to go for Brody or or Holland Smith if Miller or Hanley don't come up bringing Hanley back in forces a bit of a, a shuffle but um, probably just puts um, puts Murdoch up the wing and and because uh, Ainsworth's kind of playing the wing at the moment isn't he yeah he is um I'm trying to think, who was the in last week? There was an in midfield in I thought that was a bit surprising last week. Do you remember who it was? Uh, it was Weller the week before that. And uh, I don't know, did we have a change? Maybe we didn't have a change. I can't quite remember and we don't have time for me to go researching it in the middle no. of the show. Um, don't know we did. All right, well... There is always the possibility our brand new recruit could jump into the Suns this weekend. Highly unlikely. But last night, the Suns had pick number two in the mid-season draft. Uh, The first time it's been done in the AFL for about 26-odd years. And Gold Coast picked up young 19-year-old Mitch Riordan from the Dandenong Stingrays. He was rated top 20 in several early draft predictions prior to suffering a hamstring injury last year. And in his uh, age year last year, he had averaged 16 disposals and three tackles before going down with injury. And so far this year, he's been tearing it up for Dandenong as an overager, averaging 20 disposals. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot of disposals, but the Stingrays game plan is very dependent on sort of sharing the ball around and not so much um, large disposal numbers. So That's right. The, the, at that level, 30's kind of, you know, outrageous. So 20, 20's not high, but it's not low. Look, he did come back and play in their grand final, and it's really... The thing I want to stress here is that I reckon once, once the Suns decided on getting Sam Fletcher in the preseason draft... Sam Fletcher comes from Dandenong. He and and uh, Mitch Riordan have played together for years. They've played they played together through the under 16s, 17s, 18s, and then neither of them got got selected in the draft after they'd played in the winning grand final in the TAC Cup together, and after they'd played Vic Country together. 
Um, so it wouldn't be surprised at all that they've had a closer look at this guy because he's well. I'm not saying they're the best mates or anything, but his mate, his mate that he's come up with, has, is our newest recruit. Well, now, now, now we've got two guys from the Dendron Singh Rays who, uh, you know, obviously going to be. Um, another thing to add about Riordan is um, he went to Halleberry, which is a, a, a famous, famous AFL breeding ground. And another Gold Coast Suns recruit who went to Halleberry and graduated last year is Ben King. So he's, he's not unknown to our players. Um, I really have to take my hat off. I'm really, I'm really thrilled about this guy. He he was really highly rated going into his draft year. He just got injured at the wrong time when all the biggest games, uh, when the when the final games of the the national championships are going on, when the final games of the TAC Cup, he came back. But he just you mentioned his stats. Well, he's, he's gone up to five tackles and twenty touches a game this year, which is what he was what he was sort of doing. But he, when he returned from injury, he was low. Uh, he still played a part in the team effort, and sometimes in a team that has a lot of superstars, you get kind of you get kind of lost, and you don't get as many touches as you say. But I'm 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 really really thrilled about him. Um, I just want to say while while I'm thinking of it, a lot of people would be asking why didn't we pick two players last night, and I think I know why. Um, Sam Fletcher is actually a rookie. He's not on the senior list. And so we have nine rookie places. And so I'm going to say that that um, Mitch Riordan comes onto our rookie list. And we have 39 senior players and nine on our rookie list. And we're allowed to replace players because our senior players are injured. It doesn't mean that they take their spots on the senior list. So I know it's complicated. The other thing that I'm saying is that Nick Holman was rumoured to have been promoted to the senior list, but it never happened. Um, I think what happens next is Nick Holman goes to the senior list at the end of the year, and and uh, Ace uh, Huego Paul O'Hire, he is not an Australian, so he doesn't have to go through the the draft. He can just be put on the the category B rookie list. So. That's that's what I think is happening with that that extra pick that we might have chosen. Okay, uh, another correction on the chat. Old Soul reckons we're saying Mitch Riordan wrong, and he believes it's Mitch Reardon. So Tom, we'll have to do a bit of research on that and just confirm how to say it. Another player's name, we need Look, confirmation. I, on. I can say I can say I can say for sure that he's not saying it either. It's Irish. And so no one in Australia is going to get Irish right. So if Reardon's closer than Riordan, great. Yeah, uh, I think... No, I, we've got no, no problem with that. But I it's think watching the, the, the correct Irish pronunciation. I think watching the the highlights the Gold Coast Suns put up on their website after they recruited him, you could hear the commentators, I think, say both those different names. I did pick it yeah. up. They were calling him one name, and then the, the very next clip, the commentator was calling him... Uh, with the other pronunciation so it's yeah. probably going to be one of those ones we need to get from the player's mouth uh, as yeah, confirmation yeah wouldn't it be good if the club had actually come out and, and, and give us a bit of a bit of a help helping hand with a, bit of, a few players who, whose names are hard to hard to pronounce 
Well, why don't we do it this way? You call him Riordan and I'll call him Reardon and that way one of us is always right. So, um, Matt Lloyd, Matty Lloyd actually came out and said how much of a, a great player he's going to be for the Suns, which is a bit surprising. We know Matty Lloyd doesn't have the greatest, uh, let's see, foresight. No, uh, no he, the pre- Bombers are going to win the flag every year and the Suns aren't going to win the game. This is... Is his usual go-to. So, but he from him. he did coach um, Mitch last year, so he he awesome. has had a bit of a bit of. Uh, a, he's been close enough to the bloke to to get a fair indication of what's going to happen with him. He's hailed him as a future leader and a ten-year son. So, mm-hmm. from all reports, he seems like a an explosive midfielder that can just take the game on and. You know, the only real problem was his injury last year. And, you know, it's a hamstring injury. Unless he's got chronic hamstring problems, uh, the club should well, be able to get him right. And he's been yeah, on fire he, he this doesn't. year. He's, played, he's been playing this year yeah. in, the, in, the, in the NAB League and, and, going, and going better than he ever did. So he's, he's hot to trot. 187 centimetres and 83 kilos... We've had players around around that height who have taken four or five years to get to 83 kilos. And who knows if it's 83. That, that's what he was listed at last November. Could be more by now. Like, we, we, we're not talking about a player who we need to teach how to play the game. We just need to put another preseason in him at AFL level, get his tank up there. He's going to be playing on Saturday morning in the NEFL and adding a real new dimension especially with his combination with Sam Fletcher. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. There's been a lot of talk about the uh, preseason draft not being utilised properly as the AFL may have wanted more experienced recruits to be picked up than uh, young kids. But from the Suns' side of it, we're going to be able to get six months of development into this kid. And that's before, you know, the preseason starts. So not only is he going to go through a full preseason, hopefully with the club, and by that stage know the, his teammates and know the structures and the game plan the coaches are all pushing, but he's also mm. going to have six months' worth of training backed up with the boys. Uh, he should be, if he doesn't play this year, he should be right to go in JLT next year. Yeah, absolutely. We, we really needed this exact type of player. Um, Dunkley would have been good, but Dunkley sort of seemed to have had his had his heart set on staying in Melbourne. We, we never know the truth of the rumours with that, do we? So, um, I, I, at first, my first reaction was, what? Who's that guy? And then I did my research, and it didn't take very much to un- unturn a whole lot of stuff. He had a really great article in, in the uh, uh, AFL.com.au um, where he was chosen by his coach to get up and talk about regret. And you can just see what a heartbreak, you know. You, 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 you go through your whole draft year and people are telling you that you might pick first or second round and your team's kicking butt all year and you're just having it. Then you, you're right on top of it. You're in the national championships. You do your hammy and then no one wants to know about you come draft time. Yeah, he, he, he really there, – there are 17 clubs kicking themselves right now. Yeah. And it's, you know, his presence at the club uh, suddenly sort of puts a bit of pressure on, I think, Will Brody. 
Because in yep. my opinion, I think Mitch Riordan or sorry, Mitch Reardon is the type of player that we expected Brody to be. And he, Mitch, ha- he has Mitch Riordan. <laughs> Brody hasn't lived up to that expectation or that potential as a, a dominant midfield bull that can break away from clearances. Um, so hopefully Reardon is the sort of player that can do that. But it does put a bit of pressure on Brody, and if he sticks around after this year, he's going to be competing with Mitch for for that spot in the not only twenty two but in the Nephil as well. Yeah, well, look, towards the end of the year, we're going to see a really interesting Nephil team. After the national championships, it's on for young and old. We're going to have guys like Ashton Crossley, who played really well in the weekend in the for the Allies, kicked the goal, got some touches. Um, and his big brother plays for us already. Um, we're going to have got the smaller midfielders like Conor Badaric. We're going to get in there and be competing. Um, and, you know, over the next few years, things are looking really good. At the moment, we have plenty of 18 and 19-year-olds. How exciting is that looking at sort of 2022 when those guys are starting to really hit their straps and the, and the list is deep from from player one down to the last player on the on, on the on the rookie list it's um, it's looking really good I'm, I'm pretty upbeat I wasn't too upbeat over the weekend just watching our team lose game after game after game after last night I'm, I've looked at it again and I've, I feel really good about it sorry Tom it's time for us to go thanks for tuning in to the GC Sunscast go Suns Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. There's just something about getting away to the Smoky Mountains. Step out on a hiking trail, zoom across a zip line, splash at water parks, shop till you drop, and say hello to the statue of our hometown hero, Dolly Parton. Discover the thrill of visiting the Smoky Mountains and reconnect with those you love the most in Sevierville, Tennessee. Learn more at visitsevierville.com. That's visit, S-E-V-I-E-R-V-I-L-L-E dot com.